Welcome to Forte Catholic. I am your host, the Forte Catholic, Taylor Schroll. If you don't know what Forte means, look it up. Or I'll tell you. It means loud. So I'm loud. I'm Catholic. Welcome to my show. Uh, We have a great show planned for you today. Our main theme that we are talking about is prayer. And we have, um, often I say we have a very special guest. Sometimes I just say guest, and I wonder if my guests notice when I don't call them special. I'm just kidding. I literally have no rhyme or reason for that. But there is a very special person that's a guest on the show today. My mother is in studio. So she's going to be uh, doing our interview in our second segment of the day. We're going to talk about prayer. We're going to make fun of each other, and we're going to play a game that um, I'll probably win. So, uh, because I'm awesome. Uh, But if you ever wanted to know um, why... this show is called Forte Catholic and not Forte Satanist. It's because my mother prayed for me literally every day, probably for like nine hours a day. Uh, so she's going to come on and talk about the story about how she kept me Catholic through simply her prayers. So um, we are actually pre-recording this show uh, because if you are listening live on Tuesday night, I am currently in Baltimore, Maryland, leading worship for a mission trip with Young Neighbors in Action. Uh, I, I've done this before. It's like my fourth time doing this. It's a lot of fun getting to travel and uh, and share the gifts and talents God's given me to uh, help build the kingdom. And and, I, and it's fun for me. I get to travel. I get to meet new people. Uh, I really like planes, and I don't like spending money on planes. So whenever somebody else pays for it, it's absolutely fantastic. So um, we are here on a Friday night. Jake is here wearing a Nintendo 64 shirt. I'm sure he would, uh, um, if he was not here, he'd probably be playing a Nintendo 64 somewhere. Uh, his girlfriend, Abby, is here doing what all cool kids do on Friday nights, knitting and listening to Catholic radio. Uh, my mom is here, which means I'm also really cool because like all the cool kids, I'm hanging out with my mom on Friday night. So prayer is our topic today. So thanks for joining us. Uh, in our first segment, we're going to talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, that will set up, <laughs> uh, those are some Old Testament names that will set up the game that we are going to play with my mom called prescription drug or old testament king and that when it was bible bible times king i think there was some in the in ad but um that literally doesn't matter and no one cares so we're gonna move on um, but we're gonna talk about shadrach meshach and abednego and then in the last segment today we're going to talk about the sabbath because uh, I, th- I feel like a lot of us probably aren't the greatest at uh, actually taking a Sabbath. We were talking about this on staff at Ablaze Ministries um, at our retreat a couple of weeks ago. Uh, If you've been listening the last few weeks, you know that most of my content has come from that retreat because like any good person in ministry, I take good things other people say, and then I say them as my own. So that's what tonight is, is my thoughts and reflections and some of the things that were shared with me um, about prayer and about the Sabbath. So without further ado, Let's get into the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego story. So they are in the Old Testament. They were Jews who were taken over by this other king named Nebuchadnezzar. His mother must not like not have liked him that much to name him Nebuchadnezzar. What a really weird, weird name. But that's also beside the point. Moving on. So then the herald, this is in the scriptures. So then the herald proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language. This is what you are commanded to do. You must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has, has set up. If I can get through the show and keep saying Nebuchadnezzar without like stuttering, I'll be very proud of myself and I'll give myself a gold star. 
So he told them, whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be, be thrown into a blazing furnace. So that doesn't sound fun. So I want to try to put this in like a modern context. So this would be like the leaders of our nation saying, you cannot be a practicing Catholic. You cannot have Catholic beliefs. Um, you need to bow down to what the king, or in our case, what the culture is saying, or the government is saying. Um, so as, as we go through this, I want to talk about prayer. And I also want to talk about what it means to be a Catholic in today's culture. So it keeps going. Therefore, as soon as they, uh, they heard all these kinds of music, everybody else fell down and worshiped the image of God, the, or the image of gold that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So all the people in the nation did whatever the king did. They all did the same thing. But uh, there were some astrologers that worked for the king who, who saw that uh, these three Jewish men named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego um, were not bowing to this. They said, may the king live forever. There are some Jews who, whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold that you have, have, that you have set up. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I messed up on them. I haven't messed up on Nebuchadnezzar yet. Uh, maybe I'll get a silver star. <laughs> so he summoned them, and he was furious with rage. Now, these, these guys had grown in, even though they were Jews living in Babylon, they had, they had uh, grown into a high rank within, within Babylon. So they were well-respected, and the king really liked them. But now he was furious with them. And they were brought before the king, and he said, not you can tell he doesn't want it to be true. He says, is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So there's interesting because there's a couple of things playing here. Nebuchadnezzar doesn't hate Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He actually really likes them. And he's like, I don't, he said, I, it would be very good if you just fall down and worship, because then I won't have to kill you. I like you guys. But he says, if you don't do it, like there are going to be ramifications for that. And then this last line is really interesting. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So the gods that he believed in were not strong. They didn't show their power. He, he was like, my power is stronger than the power of any God. My power to physically throw you guys into this burning furnace. What God will be able to save you from, from me doing that? So he has no idea that there's this powerful God that, that, that is out there somewhere, right? Who's going to come down really closely to this story here in just a second. And it's interesting because I was like, how, the, how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego re reply? Because I was trying to think, how would I reply in this situation? Like, would I, would I be, would I lie? Would I be like, okay, I'll bow down, but in my, like, like as I bow down, like, have my fingers and toes crossed, like, oh, just kidding, <laughs> right? To try to get out of it, to live another day, to try to, like, do more good in the world. Or would I be like, you know what? I don't even care. Kill me. Let me go see God. I was going to say Jesus, but they don't know who Jesus is yet. yet. Cover out yet. But no matter how I would have responded or how you, were, you thought you might respond, this is, how they, this is how they respond. King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. 
So they're not even going to try to argue. And if you've listened to the show before, you know that I like arguing and being loud and winning arguments just because I'm louder than people. But they don't even want to defend themselves, which is, you know, I, when I when I read this, I think of Jesus not defending himself before Pilate. But anyway, I digress. Um, they say next, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. So they're so confident in their God. They're, they have so much faith that they say, he is going to do this. We know this. And then they have a little contingency here. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So they know two things coming into this. They know that their God is powerful and they know that he can save them. But they also know that that God is the one true God, that even if he doesn't want to physically save them, if God wants to call them home, right, whenever they come into the, into the burning furnace, then they still didn't bow down before these other gods. They didn't um, lose their witness. So then Nebuchadnezzar was obviously pretty angry with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. So immediately he went from actually liking these guys to not liking them. And what's so interesting with, with King Nebuchadnezzar and with how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like their relationship, they really like each other up until this moment. You see how like King Nebuchadnezzar just gave them an ultimatum. He's like, hey, you need to bow down. You need to dishonor your conscience or, you're gonna, or I'm going to kill you. And they're still so respectful towards him. They still call him your majesty. They're still very um, cordial with him. But at this point, Nebuchadnezzar's not very happy. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie them up and throw them into the burning furnace. So these men's, these men's, <laughs> good job, Taylor. These men, wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the, into the burning furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. <laughs> the fire was so hot that it killed the dudes that brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in. And it even says that these were some of the strongest men in the army. So King Nebuchadnezzar was so angry that he wasted... <laughs> some of his best soldiers because out of his anger. And, and that's where the story ends. I'm just kidding. That's not where the story ends. Um, the King Nebuchadnezzar leaps up to his feet in amazement and asks his advisors, wait, he's looking down in the fire. Wait, weren't the three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? And they replied, certainly, your majesty. What an awkward question to answer, right? It's like, yes, you just yelled at them just now. We all saw you do this. We've all been here. But the king said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. So Nebuchadnezzar approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out. Come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor is a hair on their head singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. This is crazy. Like, they came out of the fire 
without any harm or even smelling of smoke. So we look at Nebuchadnezzar, how he liked them at first, and then he really didn't like them. And now because of this amazing miracle that God has performed by saving these three men, Nebuchadnezzar immediately changes again and says, praise be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any God except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who say anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces and their houses turned into piles of rubble, for no other God can save in this way. So first of all, for Nebuchadnezzar, he realizes that there is this God so powerful that by the end, he's giving this God praise. So he was just the enemy. Giving this God praise now, making it now illegal to persecute the Jews who were captives in Babylon. So by the the boldness and the trust in God of these three men, their brothers, their sisters, their families, their comrades, like the rest of the Jewish people were now able to freely practice their religion, to, pr- to freely worship God. And what's crazy is like it already said that everybody else there bowed down, which included some Jews, because those three were not the only Jews there. The Babylonians had taken all the Jews over to Babylon. So the, these three men, by trusting in God, not ruining their witness, just completely changed the course of, of, of an entire nation and how people were going to be able to, to, to practice their faith. So then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon, and that's really where the story ends. So they got a promotion. What they just did was defy the king. They, in front of all these people, they just defied the king. The king tried to kill them. It didn't work. And so he promotes them. So what does this mean for us? First of all, what does it mean for our prayer? especially in tough situations, because this was a pretty tough situation for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into a fire. First of all, they didn't fear. They trusted in God that God will save them. They even said, we know that he will. So if you have a hard time, like know that you have a God that can and, and, uh, and, and a lot of times will get you through, the, like save you from that situation. And then there's also that time where they even say it as their contingency at the end. But even if they don't, I still, I'm still going to trust God. I'm still going to do whatever he asks me to. In this case, not serve other gods. So for us, whenever we get into hard times, when we're in tough situations, not fearing the situation because our God is bigger than the situation. And they simply know the truth in their hearts that God is good and he is going to protect them and that ultimately their lives are his and that if, even, if they, even if they would have died in that fire, that they would have been with God. And here's the other thing about <laughs> them being in a tough situation. It says that they came out of the fire without harm and not even smelling of the smoke. And I had never really noticed that before until somebody shared this with me a few weeks ago. I always knew like, oh yeah, God saved them from the fire. A hair, hairs weren't singed. It wasn't just that they were saved from pain or saved from burning. Their hair wasn't singed. They didn't even smell like the smoke. 
So when we come out of trials, when we come out of tough situations, why do we feel burnt? So even if we have a tough situation, we're asking God to help us, we're praying with him. But if we still feel like we're burned in that situation, maybe it's because we're putting too much of our focus on the situation and not on God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't worried about the king. (laughs) They were like, you can't do anything to us. They weren't worried about this fire that killed the soldiers that, that, that dragged them in. All they were worried about was their relationship with God. And I tell you what, this is a huge challenge for me whenever I, whenever I heard it. Because so often when I get into tough times, my prayer life suffers because so often I'm looking at the situation. Like, how can I fix the situation or how can I kind of escape from the situation? Instead of putting my focus first on God and asking him to help in the situation. So no matter what it is for you, I hope that story um, will help you out whenever in, in your daily prayer life and especially in the times where you feel like there's fire raging all around you. So we have a great rest of the show for you today. We're going to be talking about the Sabbath, a very important way for us to pray, an important way for us to really also get through these tough times, to have a day off every seven days, to, to relax, um, to, to come to the Lord, and, and to really focus on our time with Him, our time with our family, and, and to um, really have some leisure. So, But uh, before that, we are going to be right back with an interview with my mama, Uh, Here in just a second, we're going to play a fun game, talk a little bit more about prayer. We'll be right back. All right, we are back for our second segment of the evening. Just getting started. As promised, we are here with my one Patreon supporter, <laughs> my mother. Hey, mom. Hi, Taylor. <laughs> my mom. My mom thought I was on TV for some reason, uh, so she thought this was going to be TV. So she was worried about how she looked. But <laughs> then I had to remind her that I look like this, and no one would ever allow me on television. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's your fault. You made me look this way. You take after your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing he didn't listen to the show. <laughs> He might. (laughs) (laughs) With both of us on, there's no chance he's listening to this episode. (laughs) All right, so we're talking about prayer today, and you probably pray more than anybody I've ever met, um, except for maybe Pope Benedict, but he just hangs out in in gardens now. So, um, so yeah, so you've been praying for me for a long time. It's probably why I'm not like dead and in hell. Um, So uh, what does your prayer tend to look like? Like, where, who do you pray for? What do you pray? What does it look like? Because I, I would always see you like, you'd be like on your, on your bed in your room and I'd walk in and you'd be like, go away. <laughs> I'm praying. I'm like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> we go not get in trouble now. Right. Um, it just depended upon really, Taylor, the season of life that I was in. So when you guys were little, my prayer was really when I was changing diapers or doing endless amounts of laundry. Um, so I think as the years went by, my prayer evolved from offering my tasks as prayer to actually being able to sit down and have quiet time. So now that, now that I, um, I actually, just for the record, I was never actually in diapers. I've always been a grown man. 
I was, um, <laughs> Jesus was immaculately conceived and came as a baby. He created me as a 12 year old. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how I remember it. <laughs> well, you're old, so yes. you might remember wrong. <laughs> So uh, okay, so that's what it looked like when you were li- when we were little. Uh, what about whenever I was a teenager in high school and out on a Friday night? Um, uh, well, that's when my prayer became the uh, awake and aware. My prayer was, "I am awake and aware." And sometimes our prayer is uh, actually talking to God. Sometimes it's listening, but sometimes it's action. So when you became a teenager and received your license, my prayer was the awake and aware program which you told me ruined your life, but I think it actually saved it. And the promise was I would be awake and aware when you walk through the door. So that's what my prayer looked like at that season. Um, It was a prayer of action. It was a choice to make sure that you knew that you would have to be accountable. Yeah. And uh, the week, I think I've told this story in the air before, the week after I got my license, I got pulled over on my way home. I was late, had a black eye. Tripped getting out of the car. The cop thought I was drunk and I hadn't never drank it in my life. So it was a wonderful, wonderful evening. Uh, so now that now that I'm old and gone and lost all my hair and uh, moved away. What, so who, who are you praying for now? Well, I pray for you guys every morning, um, my whole family and our extended family. Right now, my prayer is also focused on the campers at Camp Blessing, which is where your sister is this summer as a wrangler, also for protection over your other sister, um, and for your dad too, for endurance in this season of his life. So my prayer is now in the morning for, a uh, well, actually it just starts in the morning, uh, about 30 minutes of reading, and then I wait to see how I'm supposed to pray. And there's a particular prayer that I pray over my family every day and over all those that God calls me to um pray over. But years ago, when I went on my walk to Emmaus, I realized that prayer wasn't something outside of myself, that it wasn't something just to check off the to-do list. It was supposed to be my life. My life was supposed to be a prayer. My whole life was supposed to become a prayer. So it's not just check off, I prayed. It's now I'm offering this chore that I really hate to do as a prayer. Now I'm having quiet time. Um, in my group exercise classes, as you know, Taylor, we exercise to Christian music. So even our physical activity becomes a prayer as well. So really, it's just to draw Christ and to invite him into every aspect of your life. Yeah, you're better at it than I am. <laughs> she she got to the point where she's like, I just read and then I wait. And then she said, things happen after that. Yeah. I wait and I'm like, well, I'm bored now. Let's <laughs> <laughs> stop. <laughs> You also you also said that uh, uh, doing things you don't like are, is part of your prayer, and that's yes. you know you're uh, hanging out with me. No, I love <laughs> hanging out. That's with That's why you. you're going to heaven because you've had oh, to, you've had to deal with me more than it's literally not... everyone in the entire world. So straight ticket to heaven. Yeah, J- Jake, uh, that's why you're the producer and make all the big bucks is because this is your time out of purgatory. So uh, speaking of Jake, we're gonna have a little bit of fun here on the air. Um, Jake's got a game for us. Uh, I I went through a bunch of games that we had um, in our Dropbox, and I found one that I thought would be fun. And I did not look at the answers. Good. All I did, all I did, was pick pick out the game. I don't believe you. You don't. You don't believe. <laughs> I don't me. believe him either, Jake. <laughs> you, you both need to shut up. I don't like you. Um, so, uh, in in the we're he actually here pre-recording on a Friday night, and there's nothing better 
on a Friday night than hanging out with your mom. So that we're gonna we're gonna Thank play you. this game, <laughs> and I'm totally gonna win. So, uh, Jake, what's the name of this game? The name of the game is Biblical King or Prescription Drug. Oh. All right. So how this is gonna work is Jake's gonna ask my mom a question because ladies first, and Thank then you. we'll see if she gets it right or wrong, and then I'll uh, I'll get the, I'll get the even numbered questions. Uh, and if you get it right, mom, you'll hear a sound like this. There you go. Let's turn that up a little bit. If you get it wrong, which will happen very often, <laughs> you'll hear this. There you go. All right. So uh, go go ahead with our first one. Jake, you get it wrong if you don't pronounce the name right. None of us will know, but the prescription drug companies will call because they're definitely listening to this show. And they'll, get, they'll sue you specifically for mispronouncing their name on the air. Okay. So also, if you mispronounce the, the, the king? king's name, he will haunt you from the grave. Okay, so my mom's colluding <laughs> with, with the other girl in the, in the studio. So Abby's with us this evening, and I'm just asking for a little help. Abby, you can't see this either. <laughs> okay, so number one is Jacoffee. Is it an FDA-approved drug used primarily to help treat specific forms of bone marrow cancer, or is it the King of Persia from 42 to 37 B.C.? most renowned for pushing back the invasion of the Babylonians. Can you pronounce the name again, please? Jakafi. Kofifi. <laughs> the recent tweet from our president, yes. Kofifi. A king. Sorry. Oh! It is an FDA-approved drug used primarily to help treat specific forms of bone marrow cancer. See, I totally knew that. Yeah. No, you didn't. I'm highly connected <laughs> in the bone cancer uh world she's got zero mom's got zero i'm keeping score over here all right I've taylor's also, keeping score i've Thanks. also got zero but we'll see what happens okay taylor are you ready for your question possibly okay well your question is or your your name my name is taylor rehavam rehavam that's how i'm going to pronounce it well if it was in the old testament he was drew of rehavam rehavam <laughs> Anyway, is it an FDA-approved drug used to treat childhood asthma and other pediatric breathing problems, or is it the King of Judah from 931 to 913 BC, infamous for nearly going to war with the nation of Israel? Well, um, uh, in school, I studied the year of 915 BC very thoroughly, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that it's a king. Yes! Oh! Congratulations. <laughs> Taylor won. Taylor's mom zero. That's that's my <laughs> so that's, far. That's my favorite year in BC. Uh, Are you ready for yours? I I'm ready. I was going to treat Taylor to a fill up in his tank, but um if I lose, <laughs> I might just keep the credit card in my wallet. That's okay. I'd rather win. <laughs> <laughs> Cambysis. You already bought it for me by being my only uh, Patreon supporter. Oh, that's true. So if you don't want my mom to be my only Patreon supporter, go to patreon.com slash Catholic. Yeah, it's lonely being the only Patreon yeah, supporter. If, if you donate, maybe you can come on and play a stupid yeah. game for no reason. True. <laughs> Cambysis or Cambyses. Not really sure. An FDA-approved drug used to put patients into a deep sleep for 20-plus hours that during long amazing. surgeries. It does sound 
Or <laughs> can I get some of that? The king of Persia from 530 to 522 BC, the first king of the combined Persian Babylonian Empire. Ah, the reveled Persian Empire. The drawing. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> He is the per- the king of Persia from 530 to 522. I don't like this game. That's what we say at home when we're losing, right, Taylor? Are very I, don't, competitive. I don't like this game. Many, many a child game of sorry has been flipped oh, over right. because somebody wasn't sorry. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for yours? I am. Ravel. R-A-U-V-A-L. Ravel. I ordered that at an Italian restaurant the other day. Or did you order at a drugstore? We don't know. <laughs> it's two is in it, one. It was a really interesting restaurant. Is it an FDA-approved drug formerly used to treat schizophrenia, not approved in Canada? Or was it the last king of Judah whose reign ended with the reconciliation of Israel in 586 BC? Totally the Canada drug. You think it's the, Can- the non-Canada, non-Canada drug? drug, for sure. Yeah, congratulations. That gave it away for sure. Can I concede? No, you can't. (laughs) What are you, Canada? (laughs) All right. Are you ready? Number three. Okay. Time for redemption. Yes. Labashi or Labashi. One of those. L-A-B-A-S-H-I. Is it an FDA-approved drug used to treat serious parasitic infections especially in toes and fingers or was it the king of babylon for just nine months during 586 bc assassinated and replaced by nabonidus (laughs) it's a good dude (laughs) i'm going to say king all right here comes your comeback here we go Taylor, are you looking up the answers on your phone? No, I'm keeping the score that sure? I'm winning. See? Jake, what do you think he's just doing? Two to one. Just the score. I okay. I, I trust him. Okay. Generally. You do? Dummy. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Abby and I don't. She's <laughs> shaking her head no. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for your next one? Yes. Calderol. Calderol. Is it an FDA approved drug used to treat genetic vitamin D dis- deficiencies in teenagers and adults? Or was it the emperor of Rome in 6 AD, 60 AD, I apologize, infamous for his continued religious pers- persecution of the church in Corinth? See, I'm not as big on my AD news, <laughs> born in the 500s BC. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and say drug. Yes! Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, BC. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what is the score? Three okay. to one. Three to one. You got to keep up. We only got five minutes left. You got to get this one right. All right. Here we go. Can Larium. we talk about prayer? No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go ahead and say one? Yeah, yeah I do, actually. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. Go ahead and say a prayer that, that you'll defeat your son. No, just Jesus help me have some wisdom here so that I don't come off as a complete idiot. That's a New Testament <laughs> prayer. The Old Testament prayer. Lord, smite him, you mighty smiter. <laughs> Larium, that is the name. Is it an FDA-approved drug used as a vaccine against malaria, primarily used by foreign travelers to Africa? Or is it the King of Babylon from 622 to 619 BC, first Babylonian king to begin hostilities toward Israel? 
It's the drug. Why would Abby know any better than you? <laughs> Congratulations. Are you looking at this big computer? I can see this I think Abby's cheating. I'm not cheating. It was the drug. Now you know where I get my streak from. My mom's here on a Catholic radio show cheating to win the game. I'm not cheating. I'm getting help. Collusion. <laughs> from the girl sitting next to the answers. All right, next. All right, Vespia. 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 An FDA-approved drug, a mild sedative for psychologically nervous patients, used especially before air travel. Hey, I'm going on an airplane tomorrow. Or Emperor <laughs> of Rome from 69 to 79 AD and victor in the first Jewish-Roman war in Syria. Drug. Dang. Yes. I'm sorry, Taylor. Your streak has ended. You're not sorry whatsoever. You're right. <laughs> You're right. Time for redemption. Can I guess that one? It's the king. <laughs> all right. Three and three. <laughs> That's not how this game works. All right. You're still all three fired. to two. Still three to two. Okay. All right. Your next one. Parathar. Is it an FDA approved drug? So sound like Pokemon. <laughs> oh. A little bit. Vespion. <laughs> Is it an FDA-approved drug used to treat osteoporosis in calcium-deficient older adults, or is it a king of Persia from 950 to 922 BC, defeated soundly by King Solomon in skirmishes along the Euphrates River? It's a king. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it was the drug. All right. There's only two answers. So if you yeah. if she yep. gave the wrong it one, sure I think we knew which one was the right. other one. Way to go, Jake. Minus one point for you. Thank you. <laughs> negative one to three to two. All right. Abby gets negative five for cheating. She's not cheating she that much. She did not cheat. Not that much. She's not cheating that. She's much. knitting. Okay. I never trust a woman knitting. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pacorum. Is it an FDA-approved drug used to stress-related high blood pressure in diabetic adults? Or was it the king of Persia from 50 to 38 BC attacked Syrian Jews but defeated soon thereafter by Roman armies? Drug. Dang it. I'm very sorry. And it's that, king. May it I is guess? the king. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Tied score. Right. Unfortunately, that is the end of our game. I have no more it's questions the, for you It's the guys. end of the game. All right. It's three to two. I win. Uh, <laughs> a valiant effort. <laughs> a valiant effort. You lose. This is how we play games in this roll house. Yes. All right. So we got a little less than a minute left. Mom, for the people listening who... Um, what to know how to be a, be a prayer warrior. What was, what do you think is the one thing that has made you want to pray so much? How have you seen prayer working in your life? I think the biggest thing that's driven me to become a very serious intercessor is this. When we feel helplessness, that helplessness breeds and feeds hopelessness. So being an intercessor takes away the whole aspect of being helpless and also brings brings hope, not only to the people we're praying for, but to our own hearts. 
Well, next time when you come on, you need to pray a little bit more about this game yes, so that you don't have a helpless yes, situation right. on your hands again. <laughs> well, Mom, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Tay. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being my one Patreon supporter. Yes. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to our final segment of Forte Catholic for today. I really liked that biblical king or prescription drug game. I wouldn't have liked it as much if I lost. (laughs) That's just how I am. So uh, to finish out our show today, we're going to be talking about the Sabbath. So uh, at Ablaze Ministries where I work, it's actually part of our spiritual covenant that we sign, like to be a a part of the team that will take a Sabbath. And I was like, okay, why is that the first time I'm actually genuinely thinking about taking a Sabbath whenever it's one of the 10 commandments. So like, this is, it's so interesting that I look at all the other commandments and they all seem so much more important. And there's literally no reason for that. Like, oh yeah, killing somebody real bad. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, Committing adultery. That's, that's pretty bad. Just out of your father and mother, like, yeah, we've all done that. <laughs> Pretty bad. Um, like not having God be the number one God. That's terrible. That's really bad. But, you know, honoring the Sabbath, like, who has time for that? And I think that's one of the biggest objections. At least it is It is for me. It's like, I have so much going on in my life. I'm too busy to uh, to take a Sabbath, to take a day for prayer. And so I think I also had this like misconception about what the Sabbath actually was. I always thought the Sabbath was just, oh, you're at church all day or you're praying the whole time and like you can't watch the NFL. I think the NFL might be the reason I don't Sabbath well. It's because I'm like, oh, the Sabbath means I can't watch the NFL, so I'm not going to Sabbath. Like that's that's probably what what it, what it looks like. But um, we're going to look at what, what it says in the scripture, what it says in the catechism to kind of dispel some of these myths that at least I believed about the Sabbath and, and kind of challenge each other to actually take a Sabbath. Because a lot of times the things that I say on the radio, I'm like, okay, now I actually have to go try and live like this. It's like when I was, uh, I played Jesus in the, uh, like the passion play when I was in high school. And I was also a football player and the football players, uh, we would always cut in line when we were going to get our food. So I'd cut in line, just like I just walked from practice. It was like, it wasn't even a thing. People weren't even mad at us because they're just so used to us doing it. And then I played Jesus in this passion play. And then I started cutting in line and everybody in line was like, oh, would Jesus cut in line? I'm like, dang it, Jesus. Now I have to wait for my food. But it was like, okay, like this is for the first time I realized like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe I should be more Jesus-like, uh, I, I guess. <laughs> so, um, Let's look at the Sabbath because this was really a challenge for me, and I think it might be a challenge for a lot of you because a lot of a, a lot of people in our um, modern modern day, it's like we're so busy, we have so much, so many things pulling us in different directions. Um, we're and then by the time we get an actual day off, we're so exhausted that we just want to binge watch Netflix or play a video game or uh, go sit in the park and read or whatever other people do. I don't read, but <laughs> I know some people enjoy reading, but. Um, we just need a day to like relax or nap or whatever to recharge. And we try to do that, at least I do, without God a lot of times. 
It's like, oh, I'm stressed out. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep a lot. I'm going to play video games. I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to hang out with my kids. And then I'm going to move on and, and start the whole week over. That's not a Sabbath. It, it really isn't. So what really is the Sabbath? Um, and where does it come from? So the Catechism says in 2184, just as God rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done, this is, he's talking about in creation, human life um, has a rhythm of work and of rest. So God ordained this rhythm of, of work and rest. So it's like even the, the first basic idea is that we know that we can't work seven days a week for the rest of our lives. Like our bodies can't take it. Our minds can't take it. We all have that, that itch on Friday to get out of the office and to go do something else. Like it's, it's part of who we are, uh, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever. So God has ordained it for us and showed us this rhythm of work, 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 rest. Now, the institution of the Lord's Day helps everyone enjoy adequate rest and leisure to cultivate. And this is really interesting because a lot, this was even one of my misconceptions about the Sabbath. It's not just about praying all day. It's to enjoy adequate rest, leisure, and to cultivate familial, cultural, social, and religious lives. So those, those, that four-pronged thing, rest, family, cultural, social, religious lives. I guess that's five prongs. But that's what the Sabbath is supposed to be. And it's, it's really interesting because if you think about it, what do most people around church say that the Sabbath is about? A lot of people will, will tell you wrong what I believed um, because I was told so many times, just about God. It's, it's, it, it, like, it is the Lord's day. Like That's what we call it. But that it, I, I misinterpreted that as it's only about God, nothing else. But the church here is saying that it, it is about God. It's about cultivating our religious lives, but it's also family day. And a lot of people will tell you that. It's like, okay, we, a lot of people have the tradition of we're going to go to mass together, we're going to go to lunch together, and then we're all going to go to grandma's or something like that. So it's to cultivate these family, family things, these cultural things, uh, social things. It's like we don't have time in our regular work week to get together with a certain group of people. Like we can do that on the Sabbath. Uh, so the goal of the Sabbath is so that we can be is to give God glory and so that we can rest um, and be rejuvenated so that we can go back and do what God's called us to do in the next six, in the next six days. When Jesus talks about the Sabbath right after he healed somebody on the Sabbath, because the Jews misinterpreted what the Sabbath was for too. They misinterpreted it. This pretty, it's very similar to the way that I did. You can do nothing else but God's stuff. Like you can't help someone on the side of the road if they need help. But Jesus comes and he heals somebody on the Sabbath. And they're like, you can't do that? And Jesus is like, why? I'm God. <laughs> but no, that's not really what he said. He said that the Sabbath, this is in Mark chapter 2, verse 27. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even to the Sabbath. But the important part here is the Sabbath was not made for, um, was, was not made, sorry. The Sabbath was made for man. So this Sabbath was made for our benefit. So people who say that it's just for God to give God this day, like the men were not made for the Sabbath day. We were not made just to, just because God wanted people worshiping him once a week. The Sabbath was made for us so that we could rest and recharge 
so that we could worship him every single day of our lives with our prayer, with our lives, with our work, with the gifts and talents that he's given us. So, I, I, so when, when somebody was sharing this with me, they told me that God rested on the seventh day. So if you don't take a Sabbath, you're saying that you're better than God. I was like, well, dang, <laughs> I, I don't want to say that. Like, I know God's better than me, but so often on, on, on weeks that I don't take a Sabbath, what I'm saying is I can do this on my own power, on my, on my physical power, my mental power, my skills. I can do this. And then I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that I, I can look back on the times I went and pray and the times I don't take a Sabbath. And that's where things start falling apart, physically, mentally, spiritually, whatever. So uh, the, <laughs> I just want to clear this up because I feel like so often we forget that the Sabbath is a commandment. We read that the Sabbath is for us and we're like, oh, okay, well, it's like a gift, so I don't have to take it. It's like, no, like this was a commandment. God told us we have to do this. So we do have to come and give him glory, give him worship. So we come to celebrate the Eucharist together as a community every Sunday. That's part of our Sabbath. But this, like we are commanded not just to go to church on Sundays, but we're, we're commanded to give God this day in prayer, to spend time with our families, to, to recharge, to rest, and to take leisure. So yes, I can watch the NFL on Sundays. Boom, the catechism said so. <laughs> Yay. Um, and I think one thing that's going to help us do this, to help us be able to take Sabbath, if you're, if you're like me and, and you're not very good at Sabbathing, um, I think a lot of times it's like, okay, are we procrastinating during the week? Because procrastinating during the week leads us to being, being not able to take a good Sabbath, where we're like, oh, I have work to do Monday through Friday. Oh, well, I, I didn't get it all done, so I need to work on Saturday. Well, I have a big week starting Monday, so I need to work on Sunday. And you see how easy that is to get into that routine where now we're working every single day. So like this procrastinating, not doing what God has asked us to do during our week, like to, be, to give all of our gifts and our energy to, to our jobs, to our families, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, But how can, we, how can we fix our weeks so that we can set this, time away, set this time apart for God? And going back to this healing story, it's really interesting because um, right after Jesus healed somebody on the Sabbath, I think he does this because Jesus heals on the Sabbath to show what the Sabbath is actually for. He's showing these Pharisees that the Sabbath, the Sabbath isn't just for for prayer and as, to be used as an excuse to not do anything, to not help a brother on the side of the road, to not heal someone. Jesus heals on the Sabbath to show that the Sabbath is to heal us and to set us free. So he heals this man and, 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 and he you know, forgives him of his, of his sins. So what is the Sabbath for us? It's a time for us to heal physically so we can take rest. Mentally, we can spend time with our family. We can spend time with our friends. We can watch the NFL and recharge, all these kind of things. And, and so we can re, um, recharge spiritually. Like, okay, I, maybe you do live a busy life. There is this day set apart for you to have a, an extra time of prayer. 
if you pray for 10 minutes a day during the week or 15 minutes a day or during the week or nothing during the week, like it's in a time of increased prayer where you can go to, you can go to mass. There's your hour. If you pray 30 minutes a day during, during the week, maybe you do an extra, an extra 30 minutes that day as well because you, you have that extra time. So my challenge for you is the same challenge I'm giving myself is to actually live out this commandment. And I could tell you what, like I, I didn't, like it hasn't said until recently that this is one of the, the big 10 commandments. So if, if you are like me um, and you haven't been living out this Sabbath, I'll see you in the confession line. Cause I tell you, I, I, I can be honest and tell you like, I, I don't confess this sin much, even though I'm not that good at Sabbathing. Cause I've always been like, Oh, like I prayed to the other days. I went to mass. Like, that's cool. Now I'm going to play video games all day. It's like, no, like this is a commandment from the Lord. Just like do not kill, just like do not uh, commit adultery, like honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. So what, how does this, how does this look practically? So, um, one of the things that my boss always says is like, okay, you have five days for work. Most people work 40 hours a week, whatever. You have five days for work. And then you have a day for, for personal stuff, for, for resting, for playing video games, for going on a trip, for doing, you know, what, whatever you enjoy. And then, and then you actually have your Sabbath of a dedicated day for prayer, for family, for rest, for leisure. Um, so that that's all I got there on the Sabbath. I, I hope it I hope it helps you out. Um, the next the next thing I want to do is talk a little bit about the show and about Forte Catholic. So I, I would invite you to pray for me. Um, I, as I said at the beginning of the show, I'm currently on a mission trip, leading worship for a mission trip in Baltimore, Maryland. Um, pray for the kids that are are um on this trip. So it's a bunch of different parishes that come from all over the U.S. to come and serve. Um, those in need, this, this uh, organization called the Center for Ministry Development is great in, in like the Catholic social teaching and being able to um, share with young people this, um, the importance of, um, of the Catholic social teaching, of, of reaching out to those who are marginalized, those who don't have the financial means, all these sorts of things. Um, so pray for us this week. Um, I've also got a, cool, a bunch of cool stuff coming, coming up. Um, I'm going to be speaking at SFA, um, uh, Stephen F. Austin University, at the end of the summer um, on, on September 11th, actually, about freedom in Christ. Um, it's, it's going to be a really cool event with, uh, they're going to invite the like local policemen, local like law, law enforcement, firemen, all these uh, first responders, all these sorts of things. So I'm really looking forward to that day. So if you, um, if you live in the area, if you live wherever you live, if you would ever like me to come out to speak to lead worship for your church event or for your school or whatever, I would absolutely love to come do that. Uh, you can go to ForteCatholic.com. There's a booking section on there. It'll send me an email and um, with all the information that, that I'll need for that. I would absolutely appreciate it. The next thing is I always, I never leave myself enough time to really talk about this. So, so Patreon is, is a way to, to give back to artists. The Catholic Church has always been a great proponent of, of the arts. And uh, if you enjoy the show, like, like I know a lot of people have told me how much you enjoy it. Um, I really do appreciate the feedback, um, except for whenever y'all are jerks. I'm just kidding. Nobody's actually told me they don't like the show, except for you, and you know who you are. And I have a particular set of skills. 
I'm just kidding. Nobody's actually said anything bad. Um, but the show costs money. Um, put keeping. I actually just paid to like our where we host the podcast. All that costs money. So our first goal on Patreon is to make the show fully sustainable. Um, our producer Jake is sitting over here watching his girlfriend knit. Um, we, I, I'd lo- he's going to college here pretty soon. I'd love to be able to hand him a check for at least like $12 for all the work that he's done for the show, be able to buy him dinner on, on his way out. And then as, as many of you know, I'm a missionary. So, uh, my, my entire salary comes from, um, from, co- comes from monthly supporters over at Ablaze Ministries. Um, and, and this Patreon is just another way to support the mission of Forte Catholic to help for when I'm traveling and all these kinds of things to help grow this mission. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash Forte Catholic, or you can just go to uh, fortecatholic.com. There's a support section on there as well. I would absolutely appreciate it. Uh, we, uh, we have another baby coming here in the fall. So we're actually going to be, need to be buying a new car, uh, to be able to fit all of our children now, because none of our cars fit the fit (laughs) three children. So, um, I, I would really and truly appreciate your help on there. And you also get some cool some cool rewards. You'll get some behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, we always talk like during the breaks of the show with our guests and amongst each other and doing some mic checks. And we tend to have a little bit of fun, um, <laughs> be able to say some things that we may not be able to say live on Catholic Radio. It's a lot of fun. So um, you'll, get, you'll get exclusive content for those on Patreon, things that won't release on iTunes or SoundCloud or whatever. So... Um, as a special gift for you for uh, for staying with me this far, my daughter was in the studio with me the other day, and she helped me with my intro to my show and my outro. So to outro today, we're going to listen to my daughter, Maggie. Go ahead. Maggie, say, welcome to Forte Catholic. Perfect. Say, see ya. See ya. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, it's been great being here with you today. I really and truly appreciate all the uh, feedback I've gotten. I appreciate you subscribing to the show in, in iTunes or Google Play or wherever you enjoy the show. So just like Maggie said, say it. <laughs>